Hello and welcome to another exciting and informative episode of The Rogues in the House, a podcast focused on the genre and the love of all things sword and sorcery, delivered with 100% enthusiasm by self-proclaimed experts. So it is time to wet your stone and grind your axe because the rogues are in the house. So you guys been grinding your axe lately? Or <laughs> no, there's no trees here. You're wetting that stone? Uh, <laughs> Are you wetting your stone? <laughs> I was like, well, well, I turn the camera off for a minute, you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me an idea. It's time to wet the stone. <laughs> so I went into the Hollywood producer voice. <laughs> I did that. I haven't done that one for a while. No, I'm going to have to come up with some more intros because I'm starting to run out. We've only got like five or six left. Yeah. yeah you better go check the erotic book section of a story. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, let me circle back to that when we start talk about our subject, the erotic bookstore, um, or well. at least the book. Uh, but remind me to, to circle back to that. It's relevant. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now that your interest has been picked, uh, here we titillating. are. Yeah, very, absolutely titillating on the Rogues in the House podcast. So today we are discussing a special topic, and we're not going to tell you what it is yet because we're going to introduce a guest rogue we have. Now, out there, you probably know him as Dragon Tooth Chuck. Did I get that right? <laughs> It's Dragoon Faith, actually. It's, yes. That's that's what? half my nerd cred right there. It is a helmet in the game Valkyrie Profile from, like, the PS1. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is some stuff. Did I misread it? Like, Baron uh, Saint not, Bears? To be fair, Matt, I also thought it was Dragon Tooth for the longest time. It it's wasn't spelled that until, way, like, is it not? Long. Isn't it close to spelled that way? No, it is Dragoon Faith. <laughs> what? As My in, brain like, just decided it was Dragon Tooth. That's that's how it's written. It's what I've used since like literally, I think 1996, 97. Logan, are you telling me you're with me on this one? You also read it that way. You. Okay, thank God. That's crazy. You. That's what I've been reading. Anyways, no. Chuck Clark is here. <laughs> Chuck is a writer. Uh, most recently, sold a story to Snafu um, by the same. Uh, ooh, what is that? Holy War. Called? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Snafu, Holy War, by an, is it an Australian publisher? Yeah, Cohesion Press. Cohesion yeah. Press, who also uh, sold stories for the um, Netflix series Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, love mm-hmm. that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's Chuck. He hangs out. He's also one of the editors at Whetstone and hangs out on the Whetstone Discord admitting that beast. So he ought to be here, I felt. I am at least certainly rogues in the house adjacent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100% adjacent is a word that is just so useful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. Literally fits everywhere and is adjacent to everything. So, we, yeah. no, we couldn't do this podcast without adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain just went to do we know someone named Jason who's in podcast? Was that a weird pun? Like, what happened? I hope so. Oh my God, guys. Sword and just... sorcery adjacent, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, Chuck is here to uh, help us discuss a particular something that we know is near and dear to his heart. And we'll get to that after we stumble back from the bazaar of the bazaar. Woo. 
what a fun little ride that was. All right. So who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. I, I was thinking about this on the way back from the gym. So I'm, it's fresh in my mind. So the other day, and I, I messaged Matt and Dean about this. I saw the trailer for a Netflix movie that is a sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ah. Uh, um, I thought the trailer looked sweet. I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I love all the movies to varying degrees. Um, I'll say some of them I don't love, but I find them entertaining. Um, because something about a cannibal with a chainsaw like gets me going, right? <laughs> so um, this one, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I noticed, because one of the first things I always do is look at the comments, which I know you should never do, right? No. Um, but the trailer makes it very obvious that the girl that survived the first movie is now out for revenge, which is a pretty popular thing recently because Sarah Connor went through that, the Halloween lady. Um, yeah, there's another yeah. one I was thinking of too. Oh, Scream is coming out, mm-hmm. and it's a similar thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't really have a personal connection to any of those franchises. Like, I've seen them, but they're not like, oh, my God. But, like, growing up in the Midwest with cornfields and abandoned houses and stuff, like, Texas Chainsaw had the vibe. So I'm actually really pumped for it. I like the direction like the trailer shows Leatherface. So, it looks Logan, I'm gonna explode. I need to talk so bad. <laughs> yeah, go do it. Do it. <laughs> I, I see you. So, dude, like, oh. I feel you, man. Sometimes you and I are like we're so on the same page, and other times we're like, what? Anyways, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like the first hillbilly ogre movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like a it's a it's a genre of film now. Like uh The Hills Have Eyes is a hillbilly Wrong ogre turn. movie. Mm-hmm. Wrong turn is a hillbilly ogre movie. Don't Sleep in the Woods at Night is a Hillbilly yeah, Ogre yeah. movie. There's so many. Like, my wife and I make a crack yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I'm really pumped that you did that. But also, you made me really upset because I was supposed to watch that goddamn trailer. Like, you and I oh, yeah. we have that connection. We both love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And even the worst of them are highly watchable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of. Next generation. There's the one with, like, Matthew oh, yeah. McConaughey, right? Yeah, okay. And he's got, like, a what? Really? foot. Yeah. And he's a bad guy, and then the the leather face is like, um, uh, like, uh, like wearing dresser. lipstick, like, yeah, like well, lipstick. And I mean, yeah, I think that was always kind of an element, like in the first Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. That it's face just, is it, makeup, right? Like, it's so much more bonkers, though, because yeah. it's like what 90s almost, it's yeah. late 80s, early 90s, yeah. It's it's part of what attributed to the sort of like trans person is a scary demon person in horror movies like the demonization yeah. of a trans person right in the early yeah. films you had that as like the scary element um like silence of the lambs comes under fire for it mm-hmm. and things like that and even like psycho where he like adopts the yeah, exactly like the, exactly yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it was back further psycho did it yeah. Psycho was before silence of the lambs wasn't it believe so oh yeah, oh, yeah. God, yes. by yeah. a lot right uh, yeah by a lot yeah like back to robert block yeah yeah yeah, exactly. And a black and white film. It was, I don't know, yeah, early it was, 60s. Ring, 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 ring. Right. Yeah, yeah, Hitchcock yeah. was doing it. And that was like, I think the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. Which is <laughs> it's a different genre. That's like an offshoot. That's an adjacent genre to the uh, hillbilly uh, yeah, ogre yeah. horror film. But I mean, that's just, you know, that's part of the rich tradition of horror movies is to take a thing that causes people fear and then twist it and make it actually 
menacing, even if it was something that wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything uncomfortable can be linked to a different fear and made to to conflate the two. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love horror movies. Anyways, Logan, I'm really, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I need to, I'm just sad. I didn't watch the trailer so I couldn't geek out with you about it. Yeah. No, no worries. Yeah. Check it out. I, I'm interested to see what you think. Cause there's, so in the first movie, I don't think there's really an element of comedy. It's pretty grim. Oh yeah. yeah right. Absolutely. I do think the second definitely dips into comedy Oh, 100%, and yeah. the next ones embrace, I believe. Um, I th- this one's yeah. got a little, like, a little winky kind of, like, token fun in itself, but yeah. I don't know if it we'll, – we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm I think that the teaser for Texas Chainsaw 3 was – man, maybe I'm imagining this, but he's in the lake. It's like a Lady of the Lake situation. Comes oh, yeah, out yeah. of the water. It's the teaser, and he's got the chainsaw, and it says the saw is family or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, – yeah, the remake by Marcus Nispel it was actually pretty solid. Yeah, um, he's it the same guy. Who did, he's the same guy who did Conan the Barbarian in the Friday yep. Thirteenth yep. remake. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it it did kind of turn the screw a bit. Like it was, yeah. it was intense, and then a few others well, around that time. You got Toby, or not Toby Hooper. That's the di- director, Dennis Hopper. Dual oh, wielding chainsaws two. in part two. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Dual wielding. I, yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. Let's get out of well, Logan's anyway, town. That was mine. Yeah. Mm. What? <laughs> Who's up next, fellas? Uh, I can go. I can Let's go. go. I got a couple of quick ones um, along the way of uh, most recent things. Uh, watching trailers, speaking of trailers. I saw the most recent Rings of Power trailer that's coming out, the uh, prequel to The Lord of the Rings. Looks very cool. Doesn't give away a lot. But what it's done is made me, I cannot believe I'm doing this. I'm picking up the Silmarillion for the third time. Yes. <laughs> Go, Dean. Why? Um, I think I'm going to concentrate on the chapter of The Rings of Power more so than trying to reread the whole thing. I wish there was a, like a... Is that, a name, of the ch- is that a name of the chapter? Mm-hmm. Yes. Love that. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's. If I recall, there's an audiobook version that uh, I think it was Christopher Lee narrated it. So that. Oh really? Ooh. Oh yeah, that. That sounds cool. That's one of those. That is worth a listen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's dragging the uh, Silmarillion out and dusting off the dust cover. So I'm going to be cracking that spine here again here very soon. Um, And that's something I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, in the bazaar here. And we did talk so, talk a little bit about it because it's big news. Everybody's talking about it. It's the animated Vox Machina series that came out. And oh, I wanted yeah. to get your impression. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's on Amazon. Um, I watched the only three episodes that are out right now. And I have no, I don't care one way or the other for critical role. But, oh, my God. I'm going to say it. It's crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't. I don't have a dog in that fight either, and I haven't actually seen it yet. But what I have heard from a wide array of sources is it's not. It is very much not a fantasy show. It is very much a show of a gaming group sitting around a table trading quips. That's 100% Imagine that they're Joss Whedon without the money. Yeah, it's just one-liner after one-liner after one-liner with some animation in the background of what people are laughing about. I went into this 
thinking I'm going to watch a D&D related animation. Uh, and it was. But, oh my gosh, it was, as Chuck said, it's just uh, one-liners and quips and stuff like that and trying to be as uh, uh, rude and crude as possible. So, I, not for me, but if you're a critical Which, role to fan. To be fair, is 100% every D&D experience I've ever had, and I also hate that. Okay. <laughs> right. So, I think it's a representative of the vast majority of people that play D&D. And mm-hmm. clearly, uh, based on the ratings that it has, 94%, almost perfect scores. Like, yeah, people have similar expectations. Yeah, that's... Well, that yeah, was just it's... it. My expectation was that it was going to be an animated show related to D&D, not a D&D session. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah, those are very, very different species. Yeah, very different things. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I have not tried it. Um, I watched a little bit of Critical Role and I bounced right off of it. Like, I think it's like Critical Role is sort of like a thing similar to what I might do in a situation, and therefore it bothers me. You know, when you see yourself and someone else, and you're like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's how I feel about it. I'm like, I don't want to listen. Do not to mess with my image of myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, ah, you know, from the outside, this is, uh, yeah, this isn't, this stinks. Yeah. But, it's like uh, those memes where, you know, what we think we look like in D&D and what we really are, and, you know, it's two yeah. different things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Monty Python meme. Yeah. Um, and, so, and Logan, like, I would say my D&D experience got similar to that. But overall, my and I've played with the same group since I was literally in elementary, like grade six, grade five, grade six. I played with the same people. And I would say we just eventually grew out of wanting to take it seriously like I do. And maybe someone else at the table does. But there's just it takes one or two to kind of change the tone of a game table. And so mm-hmm. sure. Makes uh, sense. it's yeah, part of really, why I, it's hard to maintain that high balance. Yeah. And if anything drops, then everything kind of sinks to that level. Yeah. Like my best friend, uh, Chris and his cousin, Brad, we used to role play together a lot. And we had like, like if we're playing like vampire or legend of the five rings, things are deadly serious. There aren't like, there are jokes, but they're all in, in world jokes and everything was very, very like, and then we're going to do this because if we don't, such and such will die, but we have to kill such and such first. Cause like everything was very we uh, maintained on the rails seriousness with it, but okay, D yeah, yeah, did serious. get a lot more things tend to Monty Python up. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I feel that, which, yeah. And, and it's a tremendous amount of work to plan a game and run it right? It mm-hmm. just is. Yeah. And when you do it and you get invested as the writer GM and your own stuff and other people don't like it, it's a friggin' bummer, right? Or if yeah, they yeah. don't, it's not even so much like it. It's just that there's different expectations of what's going to happen in a gaming table. And so I guess for me, RPGs, I've increasingly been attracted to ones that are lighter in terms of rule system or ones that are already an existing rule system that I can just like jump into that I would know. You right. Know sure. I mean? Yeah just something that's less work or, or something that is like that really wicked hybrid between an RPG and a board game. Yeah. You often see board games that become RPG lights, but what about an RPG that toned its mechanics down to a board game level, but maintained all the good elements of a role-playing game? I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's something that like, 
Well, I just want to say I have no problem with people who love Critical Role and like this, but if it's it, it just not for me. Yeah, and it's just it's just the story that you want to tell. Like I said, like my friends and I put a lot of effort into the the story aspect of it, so we were trying to create a story. Mm -hmm. Like we had plenty of joking around and you know shooting it for the entire rest of our lives every day. But if that's what you don't have and that's what you're getting around the table to do, there's nothing wrong with that being what you want and what you need to do. Right. But it's it's not what role playing was to me when, like I said, I was like that super serious 17 year old kid who like mm. I had the world figured out and I knew how to tell a story and I knew how to be serious. <laughs> and that was very much the the way we approached it for a really long time there. The teenage edgy phase where everyone was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. We're taking this seriously. I didn't just read Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Serious business. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. uh, that's awesome. That's it for me. Yeah, we've been, like, really going on this, but I think we have we have accidentally touched on a few subjects that are, like, so in all of our wheelhouses that we just mm -hmm. needed to discuss it. Yep. I guess that leaves Chuck and then me. Chuck, you're up, man. All right. So my my bizarre of the bizarre for the day, like it certainly wasn't unexpected, but some of us would have noticed that Richard Tierney passed mm. just the day before yesterday as we record. Yeah, saw that. So I went back and it's kind of, and I feel... I should have bought it earlier, but I finally actually bought the the Simon of Gitta collection Sorcery Against Caesar. Like it's been marked down to 99 cents on Kindle. There's no reason not to have it. Hmm. But the few of those stories I have already read, man, Tierney was like he and David Smith also wrote like the the Red uh, Sonya novels. Howard he Pastiche. Did one, Mm -hmm. yeah. did, did, yeah. did Tierney did Tierney also work on the Bram McMoran one that he did? Yes, he had yeah. a yeah, I read that uh, one. like Witch of the Mists, I think that one was called. And I had read that yeah. and it was yeah. it was awesome. It was pretty good. It was yeah. really good stuff. It was fun, fun adventure story. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, man, just the Simon of Gitta stories are like they're very, very Gnostic. Like it was okay. a completely different kind of Christianity that existed like 50 years sure. after the after the fact, so to speak, and it was just a completely wild, he recreates the world of like 50 AD in a way that I don't know that anyone else I've read ever has. Mm -hmm. And they're very, like they're very Lovecraft, but they're the good kind of Lovecraft where it's an understanding <laughs> of cosmic horror instead of just let's toss in some, oh, some man. Cthulhu and Haster names that. and yeah, there's tentacles, guys. It's Lovecraft, yeah, yeah. and there's, there's tentacles, tentacles guys. Those are tentacles. Yeah, oh. I can hate that. <laughs> yeah, and again, like the collection's only ninety nine cents now, and it's like it's big. Like the print version is like four hundred something pages. It is, it is definitely worth your ninety nine cents to, to read those. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's cost effective. Toss a coin to your Witcher, y'all. <laughs> 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 uh chuck did you read uh baker scott r baker did i get that right i or, actually, or scott baker i haven't i've got 
I think it's three of his books at home sitting in a, like I, I have a, a to be read pile. Yeah. 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 That is a, that is I, celebrated at being at roughly 1400 books right now. Okay. Yeah, you, mentioned, you mentioned the Gnosis uh, and like the, the sort of weird Holy War Crusade situation they do in that series of books. It's so grim yeah. dark, but you would, uh, I feel like you would at least dig the, the setting and the, the raw tone. Anyways, Is that guys. the one you said had like the Mongolian-esque main Yeah, character. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, it's Kanar. just like... Yeah, it's yeah. so grim. It is so grim and so dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the darkest and the grimmest. It's cool though, man. It's a really cool book. It's just like um, I don't know. There's it's humorless. There's not, but it does. It it drags you in. It's a big world and well developed mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I've I've literally spent more time talking to to him than I have actually reading any of his books yet. Where have you? Is he, yeah, five minutes at one point, but okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Canadian fella, I think. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> there was much rejoicing. Right? Hey, nice going, eh? Get him a tire. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, I'll jump right into my bit. I just I couldn't not bring this up. Uh, I know I'm probably high on my own supply on this, but. The uh, Conan the Conqueror Kickstarter finally delivered. Um, I'm so a- glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. I, you know me, Dean. I like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I excited do. for you because that means I'm next. Well, that's, you know, that's it. Like, I am really, I'm proud of what we created with this. Like, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a yeah. wicked package. Um, and I think fans are really going to dig it. Uh, I think it bodes well for the future. So Conan the Conqueror is, you know, it reached my Canadian shores. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm probably not going to play it because I've already played it all, but it's really fun to to have it, to finally mm-hmm. have that thing physically manifested in front of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, the other work I did was on a book and uh, that was awesome to receive as well. But like, the miniatures and the boards and just all these pieces of art contained within this medium of gaming and storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's all there and it's just immensely satisfying. So yeah, I'm psyched about that. And I'm psyched for the future of what we will do with Conan and gaming. That, uh, uh, that game has inspired me to do a lot more painting, but it has inspired me to really, uh, up my gaming level because I love it so much. And when I introduce it to people, I really want to show it off. Yeah. It's such a fun game. I'm it so is. glad I didn't actually write the game because mm-hmm. I couldn't gush about it. Right. This is Fred Henry's game. Yeah. And it's unlike, it really is kind of unlike other games, uh, other board games. It doesn't feel quite like exactly like anything. It's funny. You mentioned that I had a, uh, a day and a half long private game convention and Conan was one of the games that we played and somebody was asking, they said, are there any other games that have that mechanic? Meaning the different way that you uh, manipulate the characters and such. And I said, other than Batman, which I think grew out of the Conan game, yeah, it did. there is nothing else like that unless I'm not aware of them, but uh, I'm so stoked for it to come in. A friend of mine, he like went balls to the walls and bought, 
I'm not kidding. He bought like a thousand dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> now he's like, now I'm going to have more than you. And I said, but how many times will you play it compared to me? Cause I'm all about the playing. I'm not, I'm not about the collecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to approach it, man. But you are about the collecting if you're painting your miniatures. So there's something you have some attachment to the physical bit. Yes, yes, I do do that. So, um, but thank you for your hard work on the game and pass that along to everybody else at Monolith. Oh, yeah, thanks. And I mean, like, I designed the solo co op system for the Monolith source book, and then not a lot of people got to play it. Uh, I think I did. Well, I think a lot of people did. I yeah. guess I mean, compared to the other game mode. And so now a lot of other people, you know, 7,000 people are going to get that and play it, hopefully. Um, and that is like, that'll be great. Cause I think, I think what we created was awesome. And Dan and Ken wrote amazing scenarios for this. Yeah. Uh, like I'm telling, there's like 19 scenarios in the Tome of Skelos. Anyways, I was going through cool. it. Yeah. So my bizarre pick is I got all this stuff. I went back through it and I was like, holy, we did this is a great package. I felt really good about it. So I'm psyched that it's going to be going out to you guys and, uh, Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into it. Time for, uh, a discussion on a long awaited topic, uh, for this show. A lot of people asked us to do it. We alluded to doing it early on in the show's history. It is an episode dedicated as a one shot and something we will return to, uh, about Carl Edward Wagner who is the, in the sword and sorcery world, most famous for his stories, novels, and short stories about Cain, the immortal swordsman. Yeah. All right. Someone else jump in here and get moving. Well, when well, you... <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Dean. Go ahead, right. Dean. Well, I'm just going to say, uh, when you gave this assignment, um, I knew I wasn't going to be able to... Uh, I love the way I always say when Matt gave us an assignment. <laughs> oh my God. Like we don't have our own ideas. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out. Of the <laughs> I just came back from Gushville. Yeah. The game I worked on just fucking <laughs> awesome. You're going to love it. A lot of people are going to play it. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm not talking for 10 minutes. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to have time to sit down and read it. So I went in search of audiobooks. And the first one that came up, the one that was most prevalent was sticks. And I just thought we were talking about Wagner's writing. So I read sticks and man, I really dug it. I had never read it before. And it was so very cool and very Lovecraftian in a much more approachable way than some Lovecraft stuff is. Um, but then I finally did pick up the book. I got it on Kindle for like, 99 cents with my credit and i read the first two uh stories uh what was it uh uh undertow and and two setting suns but my first introduction was into sticks and i was pleasantly surprised i know that's not going to be part of our conversation because it's not sword and sorcery but wow I've actually i've never read any of his stuff outside kane neither have i but chuck has and i know he wants to say oh, something man, right yeah. now you gotta you gotta then elaborate please because you know i i started the t the subject so but sticks was my first introduction to wagner and i know that sounds really bad because i'm a huge sword and sorcery you know genre guy but it was just one of those ones that was always off to the side that i just i was like i got so much else 
to read. And so yeah, I never picked it up. Yeah, and Carl was very much a horror writer. Actually, he was more than anything a gothic writer. Mm -hmm. He was very, like, absolutely encyclopedic. Like, as of the, the time of his life, I don't think there was literally any meaningful gothic material he had not consumed and read or watched or known of and other, in some other way, was aware of. But he definitely, like, even the Kane stories, like... And it goes back and forth. Some people still call it sword and sorcery. Some people say that, oh, he hated sword and sorcery. He said it wasn't sword and sorcery. He used both. He did refer to it as sword and sorcery sometimes, but mostly he referred to it as either dark fantasy or like acid gothic because he did a fair amount of drugs. But acid gothic was what he thought of it. But he also thought of it much more like the Kane stories have a lot more actual horror story in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. than most sword and sorcery does but yeah just like that very first horror collection he wrote in a lonely place which i'll go ahead and put that out right now it is actually finally going to be apparently reprinted here in the next year by valencourt books what is in a lonely place it's his first horror collection and it's all oh, the like collection yeah 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 yeah, like yeah modern setting horror like like he's like we said, we're kind of taking a little detour aside from Kane and Sword and Sorcery for a moment, but in a lonely place, I would say, like, if I threw together a top 10 of horror stories that I think are like the best, the most important, the most influential, or just the most genuinely good horror, four or five of those would be from In a Lonely Place. Like, the effect that he had on horror was huge. He managed Dawes' Best Horror of the Year anthologies for, I think, 12 years. Yeah, I have, I have a volume of that, I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he was very, very much a horror writer first. And again, like Styx, Styx is fantastic. It's one of it, the best cosmic horror-styled stories, I think, that are still out there. It was it so is, good, so good. Yep, hmm. and I'm... I'm going to go ahead and say it. In my opinion, in my unverified, unprovable, hopefully unlegal, actionable opinion, <laughs> the Blair Witch Project. Uh, I've heard that before. There's yes. no way that wasn't an inspiration for that. I I've am heard that before, so yeah. glad you said that. When I'm listening to it, I was like, the people who did the Blair Witch Project must have read this story. Yeah, like... Not it even is. just the, the sticks themselves, but like even down to like the story beats and mm -hmm. the, the huh. way everything comes out. The fact that the worst part of it is at the end in the basement when things come full circle to the yes. beginning. Oh, it wow. Hughes pretty close. I and really like the Blair Witch Project, so I'll have to check it out and compare. Yeah. yeah so, I, I actually like the Blair Witch Project too. Yeah. Did I get an A, Matt, for going above and beyond my assignment? <laughs> Did the work. Did the work. Have you guys heard me speak on this show? Like, I'm not actually concerned about how much research you do. <laughs> like right now, honestly, part of doing the Carl Edward Wagner uh, episode, why, you know, I didn't uh, pitch for it to be done for so long is because 
I had read it all and then forgotten it all. Right. So it's like, I felt like I couldn't do it justice. And now we mm -hmm. start off with this episode and you guys are bringing up this whole batch of horror stories. I have not read. And honestly, I've not read them because I have never had them. His shit is hard. His stuff is hard to find. Mm, yeah. It just really yeah. is. So, um, you know, I read all of the Kane stories, except I think for the, the modern ones and the one featuring Elric, which I just, yeah, I think I, the modern I didn't... ones are really hard to get a hold of too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 the only, the cane books I have, I got, I've got the three novels in Frazetta cover form. Mm -hmm. Okay. Same. And then I've got the two centipede press, uh, short story collections. So death angel shadow and, uh, help me, help me, help me, help me. Nightwinds. Nightwinds. Yeah. Yeah. So I got me some of them three nine nine ebooks on my candle. <laughs> I've got all of them. We have this uh, very eclectic bookstore in my hometown. And when I mean eclectic, I mean, it's like just piles of books on card tables and folding tables and stacked under them and in piles. I guarantee you he's got some Wagner books. I'm going to go up on Saturday and take a look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's just, it is, it's a shame because everyone in the sword and sorcery community seems to agree that he's got something going for him. No one's like Carla Wagner sucks. Like nobody says, that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like nobody no says that. I mean, I don't know. Sword and sorcery is kind of small. So few people really throw shade and in, in, in too many directions, but like Sprague de camp and like Lynn Carter seem like they're fair game, but mm. uh, it's pretty agreed upon, but it is, it's always been harder to get. So and 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 yeah. what about this week? Literally this week, two days before we recorded this episode. Yeah, holy crap! We get an announcement that um, yeah. particular filmmakers have secured the rights to develop Kane uh, television and or film. I yeah, guess. and or film, um, which got me excited. So, like, I do like horror movies. I did not see it or it part two. Because I don't like clowns. It's not that I'm afraid of clowns. I just think like adults dressing up like clowns is just weird and they sh should do it. Um, so I just avoid clown related content. But uh, <laughs> um, they are the producers of it, which I hear is a widely regarded as like a good adaptation. They're currently working on Salem's Lot. Um, what else do they do, Matt? We, we had this discussion. There are a couple oh. other horror movies. I'm yeah, trying to pull it up. Uh, there was one, one other. worked on at least one of the Paranormal Activity movies. Yes, Paranormal yes. Activity 1, I believe. And people poo-poo on those a lot. But to be frank, like, I think they're one a fun. Good. They're a fun. Yeah, exactly. They're, I understand if it's not your to your taste, but, like, it's a good use of camera and point of view and found footage and whatever yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I fundamentally works successful. whether you like it or not it's at least they did the work and they clearly respected the material yeah. you don't get five or six sequels on the back of something that is totally a dud you just don't do it right i, I don't right. i don't i don't believe that so um do you think that this if it comes to fruition i mean kane is not necessarily a good guy no <laughs> no and do I, you uh, do you think kane this was is... conceived as a villain Right. Like he is the bad guy. Right. Uh, but do you think this is going to so. translate well for the screen? I mean, I they, honestly think it can. Like, yeah. Oh, I think it can too. That's where I think they got the right people in the horror 
Like it's yes. got to be a horror movie first. Mm-hmm. Okay, villains I get are that. cool in horror movies, and they get lots of screen time. I was I just get talking that. about how Leatherface is cool, and he's obviously mm-hmm. not cool. Okay, yeah. so I get like, that. Good point. And Kane, yeah. Kane is no Leatherface. Like Kane no, is that's a, all, that's also true. Yeah, he's charismatic. He's interesting. I mean, honestly, my MC character that I use, Maxis, is in part based on the idea of Kane, where you got this guy who lives forever and he does sorcery. That's just awesome, right? And Kane he, is like. A, a James Bond villain that lives in like a pseudo medieval fantasy world. Yeah. The idea <laughs> kind, yeah, of, kind yeah. of the central conceit of a lot of the stories is sort of treading the line of you always have to kind of decide because Kane isn't really human. Again, he's immortal. He's yeah. insane. He's a created thing. So it's kind of balancing that line of is what he does evil or does good and evil even apply to him? And I think in the end that, yes, it does, but it's still a little, it's kind of that step to the left. Mm-hmm. The evil yeah. things he does aren't quite the same as if a normal person did them. They're mm-hmm. still evil. That, you know, let, let's be clear there. It's still evil. Yeah. But it's at least evil from a different, because in a lot of ways, Kane was not a response to Conan per se, but more a response to Elric in some ways. Or at least yeah, didn't he say that he... Didn't he say that he had conceived Cain before yes, reading any like, Conan? Now, whether that's it was true his or not. original working stuff when Carl Edward Wagner was in high school was when he came up with the character. Mm-hmm. But then I do, I do think that like down the road, because sure. I think he came up with Cain before he'd ever read anything Elric, anything Conan, any of that. But I do think that they might have colored him a little further down the road. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I do see, and again, it sort of applies whether he knew about Elric at the time or not, but Elric, it's a big thing where he's he's evil, yes, but not in the way that a human would be evil because he's not human. He's a Melbanean, he's, he's different. And if he's evil, it's at least like that pure evil that's a part of his nature as opposed to a human evil where it's against human nature, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. that's an opinion to begin with, but... There's a little bit of that. It's evil from a different place. Is there how many stories, Kane stories, are there? Do you know, Chuck, oh, or anybody? A lot. Like, like there's twenty. There's the two short story collections you can actually get on Kindle: Death Angel, Shadow, and Night Winds. But there's also there are some like modern setting Kane stories that are a lot harder to find. I think some of them are in Agony or no. Uh, Agony Exorcisms and Ecstasies. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Which yep. was released after Carl died in 1994, but that's got some of the more modern ones. There's, like, they're reprinted a little bit here and there, but again, that's always the problem with Carl Edward Wagner is his stuff can be so hard to get a hold of. Mm. My question is, because this intrigues me, is there backstory as to how he became immortal and why he's evil or is it something you just kind of glean as you read along yes you, you glean it as you read along yeah. but there it is if not necessarily quite explained at least alluded to a lot and it's this like, is my I mean, favorite it gets part bonkers yeah he's so like crazy good so he he is biblical cain he killed his brother oh we know for sure is biblical Cain. Yeah, he is 100% biblical Cain. But at some point after murdering his brother, he's like taken by God 
And I think it's, and, and God is an alien because God gets <laughs> killed by a suitcase nuke later. What, um, what, what, the, say that again. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chuck said bonkers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, and I, I yeah. do not use the word bonkers lightly. I don't just throw yeah. that one out there, you know. And it's, so he gets taken by God and like reformed. Like some people, I really like this website. Um, and he was, it's, I don't know, I know, I think it's like Dale Darkstorm, maybe. I don't even know if he's like around anymore, but he's got a website called the Darkstorm Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And he has this whole thing on Cain where he like meticulously made this timeline. And like some people think Cain is basically like a, the Terminator, like he's a cyborg or maybe he's genetically engineered. Yeah. But because he killed his brother, God cursed him to right. be a murderer. and that's why he's immortal but like his whole deal and there's like two books that were outlined that were never finished where like he tries to track down ways to get to god and kill god for his curse and he ends up succeeding which is he's help from elric at one point like to get parts for a spaceship like yeah. yeah, that's actually the first Kane or Carl Edward Wagner story I ever read. Back when I was oh, in really? high school in like 1999, and I found that book. It had like a Brahm cover of Elric, the collection of Elric short stories. So of course, you know, again, I'm a 17 year old hard ass. So yeah, I see a book <laughs> with a Brahm cover. I'm buying that because yeah. that's what you do. And it's like, like you said, that was my first exposure to the character. Is Kane like is in a castle and Elric shows up and Kane's basically like, you know, so hey, I need your help to go get this transducer so I can repair this spaceship so that I can use this nuke to blow up a portal so that, you know, I can go kill God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not the craziest stuff that happens. Yeah. There's now, a lot of crazy stuff. I've I think I have just about everything that has Elric in it that's been written so i'm going to go back and take a look and see if i've got that i may have called it's called at first just ghostly isn't it no or is it the gothic no that's one of the new ones it's a the gothic touch yeah it's the gothic touch yeah is the story in the elric collection the white wolf Mm -hmm. which is like a collection of i have that i know i have that i know i do it's a collection of like other authors doing elric stories Mm -hmm. basically and there's some great stuff in there, even aside from the Wagner story, but it is, like I said, it's pretty bonkers, and that was my first introduction. There's kind yeah. of a, a divide between, like, the Kane story that you can get on Kindle are, like, the three novels and mm-hmm. yeah, the short the- stories that are sort of like the old Kane stories before things get really wild. Yeah. And the newer stories, which are a lot harder to find, are, like, Kane in our modern day where he's basically able to travel to any universe through any time and yeah he and has like a ray gun that's like got black holes stored yeah, inside of it, that lets it shoot yeah. like cosmic lasers and all kinds and of those so, ones so metal that is such yeah, a metal yeah. thing to have. it's like five heavy metal albums wrapped up together but then like cast in negative and then, like a couple of Molly Hatchet albums bursting right out the middle of it. <laughs> well, you know, but with more spaceships. And the cover is pure jet black. And then you wonder yeah. how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. 
very interesting you should say that, Matt, because when I went looking for the Kindle version of Nightwinds, and I know that our listening audience cannot see this, but this is what I got. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, yeah dude. Some it's stock covers art. are beefcake. I don't know any uh, nice that. way to describe them. It's this guy who has like 0% body fat, this really <laughs> cool modern haircut, and he's holding a sword by his ear, by the handle, and then the tip of it right down by his wanker. And it's like... It it's tragic. Like, yeah. It's a tragic. Now, it's a goddamn tragedy. Like, I'm sort fascinated by these covers. To a Rinfest skull and show them a picture of their that sword like the guy's gonna be like i'm i wouldn't sell that crap get that out of here exactly yeah. exactly to like the mall sword in the mall and they're yeah. like we wouldn't yeah. even sell this yeah I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by these covers because they're not just on cane no um, they're not there's uh two kothar mega packs that have the same <laughs> model okay so it's in the same series of stock photos and then the cover for Dark Crusade, that like Roman-esque guy, is actually the top half of Scott Odin's Men of Bronze book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, that's awesome. And that's fascinating. Like, people are just like, oh, 99 cents? Yeah. Yeah. Put that that's, on a cover. We're good. I told you we would you notice none of these covers. The guy is not redheaded in any of them. No. no. That's details, details. Yeah. But I told you we would circle back to that whole erotica thing because that looks like yeah. those, you know, romance novel erotica short stories that you see in many bad bookstores. Fabio as Kane. Yeah. I have seen. And that is Carl wrote a lot. Of, he wrote smut, didn't he? Yeah, he a did. A lot of smut yeah. toward the end there. Some of it under other names, some of it hard to find, some of it kind of, you don't really, you can't prove he's the one that wrote it, but if you read it, yeah, he wrote it. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, so it, it does tie in, I guess. That, that yeah, is yeah, fair. Totally. Yeah, well, that cover doesn't do the stories any credit. No, 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 it's a complete wrong flavor. It's like, yeah. hey, can I have an order of uh, French fries? And they give I mean, you uh, if you saw that and you were perusing through, you would pass right by, <laughs> yeah. or you no, think I wouldn't. Something. I'd stop and I'd be like, well, this is going in my sexy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the uh, <laughs> it's my sexy pile. <laughs> the, 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 the publishing reds. company that uh, does those, they like have thousands of like classic sci-fi authors and they yeah, just Orion. produce ebooks for cheap. Man. Is what they do. That's awesome. So, yeah. And granted, you know, I'm I'm talking about them like that. They're literally the easiest way to get a yeah. hold of any Carl Wagner material yeah. at all, yeah. unfortunately. Yep. So unfortunately but I should really be a lot more thankful than that. Don't let anybody look at your book collection on your iPad or something like that. They'll be thinking. If they looked something. at my phone, they'd see way oh, worse, worse stuff. than that, Dean. I got worse stuff. I would use that to hide the bad Yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> be distracted by this weirdo book cover. Yeah. Kane in Nightwings. <laughs> <laughs> it's different, right? I'm never going to read it now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's a very uh, rogues in the house first get, episode of King. <laughs> to get real, to get serious here, there are three novels, Bloodstone, Dark Crusade, and Darkness Weaves also 
Darkness Weaves Many Colors, right? That's the alternative title. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, no. But, but alternative uh, title, but an everyone, of the same novel. Yeah, yeah. Everyone said like Bloodstone is their favorite, and I gotta say, it is not my favorite. No, Darkness it's Weaves fine, is my favorite. It's fine, but it really drags for me in the middle. But Darkness Weaves, I found just enthralling. I think I'm feeling the exact same way as you, Logan. Dark St- or Bloodstone almost stands out a bit in my mind for certain scenes. And just yes. the whole idea of like he's going through this swamp and he yeah. finds these frog people and he's on this river and like he's anyways, he and then finding the f- supercomputer, which is like this. Yeah crazy magic thing and alien like stone thing like all of that stuff is super rad and evocative and like sticks in your head but for me darkness weeds was absolutely the best novel and a cold and a distant third is dark crusade dark crusade was didn't much care for it but yeah uh, darkness weaves the antagonist uh the lady who was basically dragged behind and just mutilated yeah man like she was a very interesting villain um, anyways, I just wanted to agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I will say uh, that being said, the one in my head, I can see bloodstone being rotoscoped. Oh like God. Yeah. That'd be wicked. Sure. Like the way I break them down. Cause there's, there's a confession. I haven't read all of darkness weaves. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Oh man. Again, I love like the, the pile love is just ridiculous. I read the part with the submarines. Cause how could you not? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. But, it's oh, I, I used to hate I used to hate it in a sense because like nah, I don't know is that belong here now I'm just like hell yeah that's wicked that's my oh, favorite part yeah like totally. it does Wagner did not shy away from like alien stuff no there's alien cool. stuff all over his stories and novels like <laughs> yeah. and I love that because like that's been very like, influential on on my stuff I I just like I thought that was such a cool idea I just removed the sort of blatant technology you know and sure. made it all just more a little organic but yes other worlds who are like invading your planet and you're an immortal sorcerer like ah it's so rad there is an excellent scene in bloodstone where he touches the supercomputer or yeah. like links up with it and it shows like the history of earth and it's like all kinds of aliens and like the computer's talking to him and like computer speak I, yeah. that's a fantastic scene yeah but yeah, i love that stuff yeah. yeah and that's always my because again like i said the, the two that i read entirely were bloodstone and dark crusade dark crusade is much more like it could be a modern grimdark novel yeah like oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah right yeah. in with it's lower fantasy those, right bloodstone is very like the thing i love about bloodstone is that it shows that's where you see kane at his like beyond all the boredom, beyond being immortal and being evil for a while, then depressed for a while, then at war for a while, then depressed again for a while. Like the core of Cain to get down to it is that he he is purely contrarian and he will not allow anything to control him. No. Like the Bloodstone literally offers him like more power than anything could ever encompass. And he's just like, no, like, uh uh-uh, like no, that the even the thought that it has begun contaminating his mind just drives him absolutely berserk mm-hmm. and i love that yeah yeah just that yeah that's a great that's a great to point allow anything to influence him no matter what mm-hmm. how can you not love that yeah a total seeker until the thing he finds threatens to like yeah yeah rule him 
That's awesome. But interestingly enough, the story that we focused on before we got in here, what I always mess up the title reflections uh, in the winter of my soul or Relex- something like that. reflections for the winter of my soul or for yeah. is a sequel cool it's like just call it reflections yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's a sequel for dark yeah, crusade exactly. it's like immediately yeah. after dark crusade yes yeah, yeah. and then basically... cold light is immediately after reflections so right. it's oh. one of the only in the whole Kane chronology that's that I can think of off the top of my head, that's the only point where you can actually have like these three things line up back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Everything there's usually like kind of across like a thousand, thousand, thousand years, all of yeah. this happens at some point. Yeah. And you know what's really cool about the Kane stories is that like I know those connections exist and I happen to know that one because I just reread it. But it's like it, it's cool that these stories can exist. You know, there's continuity. We don't actually know when things take place and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's so just this dude, piece together, but it's yeah. this dude on his journey. Right. And like, I can't, I can't say that's the, I got to keep saying, like, I found, I got to give a lot of credit to Carl Edward Wagner because these stories, I read them once, blazed through them, thought they were great. Didn't return to them, but like, I can tell, I keep discovering ways in which they influenced me. And so, I, yeah, for sure especially the timeless nature of the stories. You got this guy who just, if he doesn't die, he, you he can did? tell whatever you can use him as a vessel to tell whatever stories you want and have the continuity of, it's almost like a writing exercise, right? Like as a writer, you're getting to know this character over time. You keep writing these stories, you're learning things along the way and you include this same character. Although Carl, it seems cut his teeth writing when he was in like high school. So yeah. it's like, you know, he was just wicked by the time he was an adult. Now, we've been talking about the character of Cain for a while, and obviously we have, you know, I don't know if adoration is the right word, but we like it, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah, also yeah, have a mention is a that dangerous he, word. Right, because he's a very bad writing. guy. <laughs> like, there's one whole story, Raven's Eerie, that, like, is all about the consequences of him, like, sexually assaulting a woman in the past. So, like... Yeah. It's still like I said, it's very you can kind of have a little bit of fun playing around with, you know, what defines evil to a to a person who is immortal and who isn't even necessarily human to begin with and isn't like dude is evil. Like no matter how you cut it, he does bad, bad, bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody's done them over these stretches of time, right? Where it's like he's lived the lives of many men. And in some yeah. of those lives, he was incredibly wicked. In others, he was almost anti-hero. Yeah. And like, ultimately, and even then, it's an almost like. Yeah, it's it's all it's. Kane is monomaniacal and megalomaniacal. He's like, yeah. he will get focused on a thing, and he wants the power, and so he seeks out the thing. He he's like the ultimate corrupted force in that way, right? But for the personal gain. Um, or yeah, corrupt- he's like there's yeah. a whole deal, which is directly referenced in the stories, I believe, a couple times. But there's like part of the idea is that part of his curse of being immortal is that he can only be killed by violence that was yeah, initiated him. by his own actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can kind of make an argument that he's old enough and showed up long enough, long ago enough in human history that there's a question of whether 
all human violence isn't effectively something that goes back to him if you go back far enough. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Like literally, like he's been around a long time and done a lot, lot of bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's... I remember, I forget the exact book, but an old D and D supplement, uh, one of the like monsters and gods enemies things from like back in original D D. like it actually had like some sword and sorcery characters like kane and elric and gave their levels yeah. and first off kane was ridiculous he's like all max level basically everything and, and he had these, these really pointy horns on his helmet distinct. go ahead he had a really pointy horns on his yeah, helmet awesome the drawing. yeah yeah i may have that book i'm gonna have to go take a look at that what um yeah. what religion or mythos would it have been in because i have the one that has the melnibonian and uh uh and yeah, i don't one. remember the, the book itself unfortunately but i do remember that oh, for kane there was literally a table you could roll to see like what kane thought about your your characters and your party <laughs> and it was totally wow. random like there's a chance he might just murder you all outright huh. there's a chance that he might take a liking to you and you know help your party there's a chance he might take a liking to you, but help your party, but not for like another, like multiple sessions down the road in a way that you're not going to know. There's a chance he thinks you're annoying and he might just screw with you. Like you'll never see him, but he'll literally just make your life difficult for no reason other than he's bored. Wow. Like do you the think random when? things he could do were just completely, like I said, it was anything from he murders you all instantly <laughs> where you stand to like he's your best friend for the next five sessions and he's just going to help you out for no reason whatsoever than he decided to. So Okay, what, so this says okay. Kane's stat block appears in Dragon number issue tw or issue number 26, June 1979. Ah, uh, Dragon uh, Stat blocks for Cudgel the Clever. And Talbot Mundy's Tros of Samothrace. So, Dragon Magazine. Dragon Magazine. Amazing, excellent, amazing excellent covers. Magazine. Yeah, yeah, the covers, the content is just so cool. Can I say this before I forget it? Do you think, like, Carl Edward Wagner was a big rock and roller, right? Like, he loved the rock oh, and yeah. roll music and the punk rock and all this jazz. You think he heard Sympathy for the Devil and was like, Kane should be in that song, you know? <laughs> and I can't keep track of them at all. Uh, Jordan Douglas Smith on the Dark Crusade podcast keeps much better track of them than I'll ever be able to, but there are musical references absolutely all oh, through yeah. Kane and all of his horror writing, too. They're all over the place, and I, yeah. I am not musically I, I've aware. definitely picked... Yeah, I, I am... I know enough that I like my memory is uh, foggy, but I now that you said that, it reminds me because I also picked those out in like Nicholas Eames books, more modern uh, Bloody yeah. Rose and uh, Kings of the Wild, which are very obvious ones. Um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, he doesn't hide them at all. No, which is I'm totally, I mean, obviously, I'm into that. I love rock and roll. Oh, and metal. I love Kings of the Wild. Love. Yeah, those are great books, man. Old man does it one last time. I'm there every time. Yeah. That's, yeah. And just I've fun. been in my mid thirties since I was like 15. <laughs> and that's another topic for another show. We should talk about that. Have you guys read those? Logan, Guy, uh, Guy can you read uh, Kings of the Wild, Nicholas Eames? No, have not. Oh, okay, cool. You might like those. Anyway, and back it up. Matt, I just want to say 
I, I appreciate, I truly appreciate you call me by my last name. Most Geigen? of my, yes, I prefer that over my first. Yeah. Once I'm comfortable with people, I tend yeah. to, I, I give most of my friends a nickname. Yeah. Um, I they, they tend to stick all through my younger years in high school and everything. A, I was, my last name was my name. Oh, it's a fun name to say. It's like an elastic band. The guy is the draw and the k is the snap. <laughs> yeah. Never heard it that described that way. Like tactile sensation. There you go. Yeah, it really is. Tactile. <laughs> so I, I guess it's interesting because we were prepared. <laughs> we knew we had to do a cane episode. We really wanted to, right? And uh, we came into the new year and we were like, it's time. Um, yeah. And so the plan was to talk about uh, reflections for the winter of my soul. And I mean, I feel like we don't have to as much. We've, we've gone for a while and we've just mm -hmm. kind of riffed on the yeah. character. I almost feel like another day is a better day for us to discuss a, a story. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I will say to prep for a future reflections episode that man, that is, if you're going to do one animated or as a graphic novel, that is the one. Oh, hundred percent. You get like Mike, oh, Mike yes. Mignola, like illustrating that. Yes. Ooh, Nothing but so snow and black stone and or, blood or, and his red beard all over the place. Just, oh, it yeah. works. You knew who I'd even take over that because I just have a weird fascination with this guy. Too bad. He's not around anymore. Died recently. Richard Corbin, a yes. Richard Corbin Kane. Like he draws the beards and the teeth hmm. in such a way that it's just like, He'd do a wicked yep, Yeah, that all oh, the one Hellboy issue that was that was basically a take on Manly Made Wolwin's John the Balladeer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Corbin did that one and oh man, I love that issue. For all sorts of reasons, but man, he nailed that. I've never seen Corbin's Hellboy. That's awesome. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty straight up John the Balladeer. Amazing. I, don't you wish some way that you had, like, if you had control over all of the sword and sorcery uh, elements over time and you could just assign people jobs to do certain things? Yes, like, I want this filmmaker. Sword and sorceries are. Yeah, can like, you imagine? Oh. Someone sitting in a basement who's like, you know, the decision's been made. Corbin needs to be revived so that he can do this. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have like romantic powers to do this, right? To be, <laughs> we're not talking like the expendables here. We're talking like digging up Hendrix's bones to like do a new concert that will bring about some peace in the world or something, you know? I feel like he'd be down. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? Oh my gosh. Where did we go tonight, <laughs> Dean? <laughs> Dude. Dude. All over the this place. This is like, this is like way out there, but like every morning I get to the office and I read the news. And because like I get Bing because you get points to buy like gift cards using Bing, and it's got like a list you of like you suffer through Bing. Dude, wow, I love Bing. It pays me to use I it. Don't I will use anything that pays me to use it. I'm old. That's incredible. Yeah, but this article it said um, evidence of satanic cult, and I was like, well, I gotta click on that, right? Oh, and yeah, some place, some place in uh, Australia. Someone dug up a bunch of bodies and stole the bones and made like a what was very clearly described as a satanic ritual: candles, bones scattered places. Like this happened like last week. 
Hmm. Crazy. Funny yeah. story. This is when Logan was asking his uh, current uh, fiance. <laughs> current? <laughs> on a date. <laughs> on a date. That's what he started with. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. what? What? <laughs> what? Hold on. Yeah. Are you, is she your fiance? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank Christ. I said accurate. that. And I was like, accurate. Did that, is that accurate? Because I'm going to edit that out. Well, okay. I, I was or like, Logan's going to have to repose quick before no, this episode no. comes out. Current. I mean, you know, how many have you had in the last month or two? In the last month? <laughs> Just the one, but the two total. Okay. So, oh, like, do you know? Okay. Logan is Richard Dreyfus. Okay. Do you, yeah. I mean, Richard Dreyfus isn't known as like a Brad Pitt of the scene, but Richard Dreyfus definitely had options. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Uh, that is accurate was that too far (laughs) no no that that seemed dialed in right about where it's safe yeah 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 i got it also can we go back to dean's camera for a second everyone at home you cannot see this i feel like we might have to switch to the video format today in dean's background he has got bows on the wall unstrung of course because when you're not actually shooting you do not string the bow even I knew that from my brief research when I was yes. writing an Archer character, guys. The Wheel of Time yeah. didn't know that. No, yeah. no, they would not. I feel like yeah. he's got a glaive. He's got a glaive goose arm in the background, but he's also got a heat, uh, an old radiator, right? Yes. And in this radiator, which is actually blowing my mind as a Canadian, because I don't know much about these guns. We just get these guns in the ribs of the radiator in the depressions. And it's like, I feel like gunpowder and heat are a thing. Okay. First off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Both of those, the two that you see side by side, those are uh, Craig Jorgensen rifles that were used in the late 1800s and they are cartridge guns. They are not, I mean, they would have used black powder, but they are uh, cartridge guns. And then they were also used by the U S army during world war one. So I've got two of them. for the Canadian on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. I know I got a military guy. I got Logar over there who likes to do some rough stuff. That sounds weird. <laughs> Goes on hikes. I mean, also in, not inaccurate. <laughs> he goes on hikes. I got Dean, who is Captain America. Pretty sure he fought the Nazis. Uh, <laughs> what is cartridge? I'm a a cartridge. Uh, it's think of it as a modern shell you know you would you, you'd have okay. a yeah you okay. know. gotcha gotcha okay. gotcha right not and a muzzle loader well the uh, one yeah, right muzzle yeah. loader. the one right next to it is a double barrel muzzle loader shotgun okay. but it is unloaded um everything works but yeah i've got them there by the radiator because the radiator doesn't put out a lot of heat in this room so they're safe it's not like drying and, out the and there's wood also or anything. like a sword like, so you're heating up your gun. <laughs> you need to cool down your guns <laughs> yes and logan that that is my fencing sword when i used to do combat yeah, yeah, yeah. combat fencing that's my fencing sword i was gonna say it looks kind of like that so you can really who only see that? the hilt but yeah who the hell is dean dean is <laughs> never mind <laughs> make a weird dean is batman joke <laughs> it's like i don't know Dean is Batman. I will say I have been jealous of the armory since the first de- description of it I heard. Yeah. The, yeah. the bows that you see behind me, oh, there's actually one, two, three, four, five. Four? There's, there's six up there, actually. Two oh, yeah, hidden. yeah, yeah. But uh, except for the very top one, all of them are handmade uh, Osage or U longbows. I got to point this out. We got to talk so. bows sometime. Because, like, I'm interested in, like, the idea that they got 
invented separately on different continents at different times. Like we get, we got to talk about this one. Okay. But that's neither here nor there. Matt. I, lo- I love that. I, okay. So Dean, I'm looking at those bows. They look beautiful. The one on the top, it's just like this beautiful wood. The one on the bottom, they look amazing. They're like artisanal. And then I'm looking in Logan's <laughs> background. He's like, we got to talk bows in the background. Literally, literally folks, you got to visualize this on one over one shoulder. He's got an umbrella. Okay. Standing up. <laughs> against the blinds on the other shoulder he's got the top end of a vacuum cleaner poking out <laughs> it's, it's the danger. most amazing juxtaposition of- <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we can nerd out like i literally i mean osage is a beautiful wood for bows yes, i have half an outline sitting of one of my oh, one of my like cahokia stories about fighting over osage wood reserves Uh, over towards the the west where obviously you know different groups osage is a really good wood for bows and a really good wood for clubs yes it is by the side so it's chuck have you been to the cahokia mounds down in southern illinois i have not i've been to Oztalon, and i actually live only a mile or two from man mound which is the only remaining like human-shaped effigy mound in the United States. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is it is a creepy place to go to. Yeah. Like, it is. I don't feel weird in a lot of places, but, man, it is a weird spot. I'll have to send you uh, some pictures of it, but. Cool. Yeah. I actually have a, what I'm working on is a series of stories about Cahokia back in the, like, 1150s to 1200s. And like I said, one of the plots that I'm playing with is, them moving further west and fighting like around toward more like Missouri and Oklahoma over Osage wood reserves and Osage wood that they can get there to make better quality bows. Cause that's a thing. That's a thing. That's cool. That sounds like a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. I'd read that. Actually you should read no Chuck, in that one, but Chuck Clark is a good writer. Um, the pieces I've oh. read of his work now, seriously, uh, I would recommend it for sure. It's, uh, you know, you're, sometimes you read things like, God, that's good. I should have come up with that. <laughs> I do Later. try. Well, hey, man, listen, it's all this is, is trying till you do things that are wicked and then other people get fake it. Fake it till you make it and then yeah. continue to fake it harder than before. Exactly. And then the people that want more, you get them and they keep wanting to hear me. It's come on. That's how you do it. Not that I've done it because I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I would I'd love to do it, but you know, it's yeah. not going to happen. Logar of the umbrella of the vacuum. What are your final words on Kane for the evening? Man, so I've always now. I think I maybe this opinion formed way before he actually read Kane because. Um, so, as a twenty-one-year-old, uh, I was perusing the Conan.com forums which um, I quickly left because that was a rough place. But I I <laughs> was someone uh, who likes rough stuff or does rough uh, stuff. Yeah, this is a different kind of rough, Dean. <laughs> different kind of rough. Uh, <laughs> this is not playful spanking, Dean. I, I want that. You know that Richard Dreyfus meme I always post for you, Logan, where he's yeah, just yeah. like on the ship and he's just like, dis- he's like, kind of laughing and blinking at the same time. I want to insert that into the conversation. But anyway, I have uh, always considered, even before I read him, like I was under the impression that 
Cain was one of the four pillars of sword and sorcery. You have Conan, you have Elric, you have Fafford and the Grey Mouser, and you have Cain. And while there are others that are clearly good and clearly, you know, worth reading, these are the four. Mm-hmm. And I would maintain that's probably accurate. Um, so there you go. That's my that's my two cents. Uh, was that rough? Was that no. rough? No, dude, it was not rough enough. <laughs> no, that, that's a pretty a pretty solid. Like I sort of shape it as a like a triangle. If you have Conan at the bottom, that eventually led to Elric, and then Elric kind of led potentially off to Cain. Mm-hmm. I'd say Fafford and the Grey Mouser are before Elric, obviously. So it'd go Conan yeah. to Fafford and Grey Mouser, splitting off to Elric, but also splitting off to Amaro and yeah. Kane. So I would I would make it the five, sort of the original, then Fafford and Grey Mouser, then Elric, and then Kane and Amaro happening sort of offshoots of earlier. Yeah. For the record, like Conan and Kane. I, they're not really that much alike. They're alike in no. that they're, they, they will be mercenaries. No, they will be opportunistic. They're smart. They're cunning. They're capable of the sword arm. They got all those similarities, but just. Kane also shoots lasers and does magic and sleeps. Yeah, yeah, that is not a thing. Kane Cain is. He's got is, spaceships. He technically came to earth on a UFO. Yeah. That's Conan. Yeah. Conan disdains. That. that happened. Yeah. Conan disdains civilization, right? In, in in a lot of ways obviously he adopts it eventually but even when he's there he's the king he's like resenting it uh, you mm-hmm. know the minutia of it kane embraces that he will like whatever leg up i can get into any of this situation i am gonna just do my thing you know so yeah th- th- those big differences to me conan is i he's he's the wild wolf in the middle of you know things that are tamed um and for those two distinct differences, those characters don't really play on the same field in my brain. Sure. No, you have Conan kind of not really, not really caring much for civilization. You have mm-hmm. Fafford and the Grey Mouser very much enjoying civilization. Yeah, and, and, and getting good benefits, good kickbacks from it, yeah. right? In some ways, yeah. The king benefits, but almost kind of doesn't care. Like he's advanced to a point where there's not a lot of meaningful differences between civilization and emptiness to him. Sure. Mm-hmm. They're both just kind of another couple centuries of whatever he doesn't even care. Yeah, totally. And Elric is all civilization. Hmm. Oh but yeah. His is, but his is like melting in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Damn. That's a, that when you think about that overall, right? You're big. You know, you think about your big four of thrash metal or your, you know, you start categorizing things. Mm-hmm. Think about your big heavyweights, your Moorcock, your Howard, your Wagner. Uh, who's my fourth? Uh, Liber, I guess. Yeah, 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 Liber. Right? Yeah. So you think of those four and they all have something to offer and they all have something in common. And that is kind of just sword and sorcery distilled. I didn't mention this earlier. This might be controversial, but I think Frazetta's Kane paintings are better than Frazetta's Conan paintings. I think Ooh. they capture the spirit I would of agree Kane to me better than his Conan it does uh, Conan. You know, I'm gonna have That's... to say I'm gonna 
the jury's out for me because I really haven't Ooh. looked that far into that. Oh no, Kane or no, <laughs> Kane Geiken. <laughs> but Geiken, you have seen the Kane paintings. I'm yeah. sure. The Rosetta Kane paintings you have. You're just not. You're not placing them in your brain. I okay. guarantee you've yeah. seen them. Oh, okay. So wait. The the warrior with the the winged helmet and the, the winged helmet, yeah, that's yeah. Kane. That's Kane. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, some some lame had... people will say it's it's Red Morden because they read some Dark Horse comic that no one cares about. Some... Okay, you're right. You're <laughs> right. Whenever anyone ever brings that up, I just like hammer them. I'm like, I I become a total gatekeeper. And yeah, I, yeah, I break all of my own. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen them, and I, I, I would have correctly. Carl himself didn't think that Frazetta quite got how he saw Kane in his own head. He's wrong. Carl but, like, yeah. Wrong. We're going to get, people are going to really take a scalp with us for he that. He needed maybe. to be yeah. about two feet wider. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when, you know, Scott Oden comes into the conversation, he's like, well, it's about the bone density. He's 300 pounds because his bones are super dense and he is also super jacked, which I'm totally with. Like Kane is super jacked. I'm cool with that. But freakish Ronnie Coleman plus physique is like, you know, I I'd prefer not to have that with Kane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not because I don't want Kane to be jacked or a big man or a big presence. I think he should be all of those things. Um, but it's just like when you're getting oddly specific with that number, if you're telling me his bones are dense, then like tell me his bones are dense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something because yeah. I'm just like, dude, I have seen 300 pound men who are bodybuilders, and if they're six foot, oh, buddy. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's quite something. I have seen close to that, and it was. Kane is supposed to be menacing, but that's a different kind of. That's a that's you like can't you can't hide anywhere with yeah. you stand out in any room you enter. You in some ways, Kane should words. stand out, but it should be his eyes. It should be his other presence. It's just, it's too much. It's overkill. Do we know if Wagner ever had uh, ever met Frazetta or had any input onto so. his, into his paintings? It. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I know I someone I can ask. Know, no. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would, uh, I'll ask uh, Sarah Frazetta if she knows that because that isn't, that is interesting. I don't know what uh, research we have in terms of that, but mm -hmm. well, Chuck, you said he didn't love, or he didn't think that, uh, sorry, Frazetta captured it quite correctly. Um, where'd yeah, you hear that? Wasn't Do you remember? Quite, but again, oh man, where did I hear that? I'm not Watch putting you on the spot. It's I like, you know. up now, but I'm. I think I might have read it somewhere in the Phantasmagoria. Okay. Yeah. Special that... Carl Edward Wagner in one of the interviews sure. in there. But I mean, well, listen. I mean, in the end, if you have a Frazetta cover, you're selling books. Oh. So I, I don't think he complained about it. Or if he did, it certainly wasn't much. Mm -hmm. It was definitely better than that original Darkness Weaves and Many Colors <laughs> cover, which is like sure. Muhammad Ali with like a zucchini jammed into his jock strap. <laughs> Man, that was uh, not how Kane was described. I'm going to find that. And I'm going to make that the picture for our Facebook when we post this. Uh, we're gonna, and we're going to call it rough stuff. <laughs> we are going to call it rough stuff. You sure you don't want the cover of the actual Kindle book? I mean, that's pretty rough. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That was actually, it's actually disturbingly smooth and waxed, I would say. So that's, 
Over Not time, Cain has lived for all these different lifetimes, right? I feel like a man like that has already lived through the lifetime. He's like, I don't care. I'm not dealing with any sort of manscaping. But then <laughs> as he gets older, he's like, you know what? I got, I've lived many hundreds of years, many lifetimes. I got to like, I got to be a good example for all those things. I got to like yeah. wear that history in a positive way. So he manscapes. Yeah. I feel that's that. The later, that's the later king. Without at least a beard. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got to, we can Photoshop one of those on there. I don't, I don't know why I whispered that part. <laughs> I feel like if we don't end this show, it's going to be the end of me. <laughs> Could be. Before we close off that I did just want to mention, because like I said, part of the unfortunate thing about Wagner is, man, his writing is just hard to find. Yeah. But I do have, just so that people know, there is just so it's mentioned the last wolf documentary by yeah. Brian McKnight and Brandon right. uh, Lunsford, I think, but there's a documentary on Vimeo about mm -hmm. him that if you get a chance to watch, it is absolutely fantastic. Really? There's, yeah. 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 There is. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's great. So like goes that's... Into, it's not about his writing quite as much as it is about him as a person. Like a lot of interviews with people who knew him, a little bit of convention footage of him speaking kind of, like it's a lot of a focus on the stuff about him as a person that if it wasn't recorded now, a couple years from now, it would probably just be lost forever. Can I make so a request? It's a huge deal that they got that on video. Yeah, yeah. make a request, and Dean. It's only on Vimeo so far. It's not on any physical media. It's not on any other streaming services yet. Of course, it's not. That it is worth it. It can't be because it's Carl Edward yeah, Wagner yeah, stuff. It's, it's got to be yeah, hard yeah, to get. <laughs> it's going to be hard to access. Logan, can you make sure that that is like in some show notes somewhere? Try the, to find that the documentary. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, There's it's. That, uh, I, I've also, seen it come up, but it's 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 something you need to purchase, right? Yeah, it's like oh, I think it's like four bucks to rent it and watch it once, oh or like God. seven bucks to own it. I actually bought so, it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. we've had this discussion before. You, yeah, you we had. I, I think I bought it and. I couldn't access it for whatever reason, probably due to my own um, whatever device I had or something. Oh yeah, no and then shame. I it took me like three days to figure out how to actually watch it. Like, That's I'm, insane. Like, of I course, am not of course. Very savvy with the video. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So, Carl Edward Wagner uh, stewardship or whoever's in charge of the estate. Uh, what are we doing? And it is his family, and like I said, they are. There is stuff coming out. Things are starting to to look a little brighter. Yeah, yeah. There's Clearly, also with the, uh, the Phantasmagoria number yeah. five special edition is the Carl Edward Wagner collector's edition. Mm -hmm. That's got a lot of interviews. It's got a, I think it's one horror story and one king story, in the pines and sing a lost song of Valdez, mm -hmm. and a bunch of interviews and a bunch of like Lee Coy art, from sticks and stuff like that there's also the dark crusade podcast with jordan douglas smith from the spine of night yeah but he goes through a lot of the a lot of carl's work on that i was listening to that today there's, actually yeah there is also coming up again we just mentioned obviously the really big news is vertigo just got the rights to try to make some kind of movie and or show on it and that that could be huge i certainly hope so I hope it's there called Red also... Morden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Uh, whoever <laughs> whoever does Red Morgan's going to be mad at me. Is finally <laughs> being reprinted sometime this year by Valencourt Books, and it is like the amount of stuff that his horror writing actually influenced that somehow never quite gets brought up is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like he was also a huge inspiration for the first season of True Detective, and they did credit him, but it was like in an interview, so it's not. Yeah. Like, it's not like they sold copies of his books or anything. There's also a book supposed to come out this year, I think, by Gary Hoppenstand. That's kind of like, I think it's an academic treatment of Kane. Mm -hmm. But that if that happens, that will be great, too. So there's a lot of stuff kind of coming down that might finally start breaking him in a little more, getting his name out there a bit more. It makes me think, too, of like Amaro a bit, where it's... um these more unsung sword and sorcery characters. I mean, in the shadow of Conan, but I, I would say Wagner is kind of, uh, I mean, he's more unsung than Moorcock for sure. As yeah. far as the, the reach yeah. and uh, persistence. So uh, this is, it's awesome. If we are going to end up getting like, we're talking about television shows and potential movies for these characters that have been buried for a long time, like 40 years, 30 years. That's amazing. If I almost some, if some of these like, things work out, like that's that's a, that's a big deal for our little niche for sure. I feel like it would almost be more beneficial for the Conan brand if we got other characters people didn't already have this attachment to. Like, oh, that's not Arnold. If you got him first, yeah, yeah, before we return to Conan, yeah, before we, yeah. Were, yeah, be like, look, Conan is like this, but was before this. <laughs> yeah, give give the other. <laughs> Yeah. give the others a part on the stage and then bring back the like yeah. Oh, yeah, Conan. Yeah. See, this is why we need the person who's in charge of all the sword and sorcery business, right? There's a meme in this somewhere where it's like yeah. the hero you thought you were going to get, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then the hero you got and the hero you got is okay. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Hollywood movie producer. <laughs> uh, shoot. We got to get out of here, guys. And with that, was the hero all along. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. not see that one coming. <laughs> so I think ultimately we're going to return to Carl Edward Wagner. We didn't even get to the topic we were going to talk about today. Um, and you know what? It doesn't matter because we just kind of finally had to have some kind of statement on this author that we've all read and enjoyed. And so we have. <laughs> and we got Chuck here with his uh, more esoteric knowledge of Carl Edward Wagner to help support us in the show. He is now an honorary rogue and he will return. I will. And uh, Gaikor. Yeah. You got final words there? I suppose so. Hopefully everybody uh, learned a little bit of something. And I, I know we found out something about uh, Logan. You know, something like it rough. Something like it rough. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Logan. <laughs> and with that. And with that, (laughs) may your swords always remain sharp. Was that rough? Was that not rough? No, dude, it's not rough enough. (laughs) This is not playful spanking, dude. (laughs) 